Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation. That's the Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with my two second-in-command, producer Dave and Commander Chris. We're coming to you from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, Oregon. And we'd like to say hi to all of our affiliates on the Barbecue Nation uh, radio network and the Envision radio network. Um, You've seen her on TV. You've heard her on this show. You may have even attended one of her classes. But Lene Oxley, Luke? Did yes. I say it right? Uh-huh. Finally, yes. after all Lene these years. Loop. Yeah, I yeah, am married now. <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to be talking to Lene today, uh, and we're going to be talking to her about what she's doing media-wise, what she's doing privately uh, with her barbecue company, which is Sugars, and all kinds of fun stuff. Also, um, little sticks music for you. I thought sticks would be appropriate today. Why, I have no idea, but at 9 o'clock last night when I was putting the script together, it sounded like a, a dang good idea. And... Um, Domo origato. Domo origato. There you go. And uh, this portion of Barbecue Nation is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. You can check them out at naturalbeef.com. Lene, welcome. Thanks for having me, JT. It's not. This a... is this is a really cool little studio you got in here. It's yeah, beautiful. I can Gorgeous. see out the, see out the windows. I know, I love it. You see the mountains, you see the sunshine, the trees, the birds. My old studio, you could just kind of look across and see the other high rise, right, straight across. Now you can see, like you say, you got trees and birds and people and flags waving, and it's very it's beautiful. Cool. Life is good, my friend. Life is life good. is good. So, what have you been up to? Oh my gosh, where do I start? How much time we got here? Um, we got eight minutes. Okay, perfect. So. uh well, first and foremost, uh, just recently I re, uh, released uh, my two barbecue sauces that have been years in the making. Uh, they go along with the rubs that I uh, released uh, last year uh, to uh, produce a really nice family of products that um, will all complement each other. These sauces are wonderful. I've got two formulations right now. One is uh, Campfire Dreams. The other one is Rodeo Candy. We could talk about that in a little bit. Outside of that... Um, Lots of barbecue classes uh, that we hold at our home in Battleground, Washington. And um, lots and lots and lots and lots of catering, my friend. A little bit of travel in between all that, but it's all about been the business of barbecue and catering and uh, lots of weddings, corporate events, things like that. The rubs, the sauces, and the classes. So I've been pretty pretty busy. Now, the last time I talked to you, you just finished up a couple of uh, episodes on Chopped, but you couldn't tell us how it ended because it hadn't aired yet that's right that's right yeah so um yeah so i was on chopped up for a few episodes uh one was the um gold medal games which uh, coincided with the winter olympics Mm -hmm. that was a um that was a five segment tournament event uh i won my segment and then i came in second overall at the finale of the show itself i was brought out um about six months after that to do a follow-up show, kind of a redemption show. 
uh, made it all the way to redemption. The final. I like it's it. redemption. So basically, uh, former runners up of tournaments that they had had, they right. put them all head to head to head to head uh, for a one win, winner take all, one show. Uh, and then I ended up uh, coming in second place again. Well, so, you're um, consistent. I'm consistent with the second place type stuff. I am a chop champion. I did win a chopped episode, so I'm very uh, pot, you know happy about that. So, but you know what? Uh, it's a lot of fun. It gets my brand out there. I love doing the, these television shows. Uh, I love to sort of showcase some breadth of skill that I've got, especially in the chop kitchen. Right. Uh, and the chop kitchen is a, is a tough kitchen to uh, to cook in. I'll tell you what. Um, they're they're brutal. Those judges are are tough, and you can't pass anything off of and off on them. And uh, it's pretty crazy stuff. It's it's a lot of pressure, but it is a ton of fun. I know the show I did for Discovery Learning. I don't remember that. You know, they're all kind of owned by the same people in mm -hmm. a lot of cases. Um, that was fun. It was tough. Um, I'd been used to doing TV and things, so that wasn't that part didn't bother me. But it was uh, interesting to to listen to talk to the other competitors along the way. I learned a lot from yeah. them. I, I did learn a lot from them. Yeah. I learned some things I didn't want to do, but I I learned a lot of positive things too. So it was a good experience overall, even though I've never watched the show. A lot of the uh, contestants, we all become friends. I mean, a lot yeah. of us, some of us maybe know each other before we hit the air with Chop sure. or whatever competition we're on. Uh, but sometimes we can make some really good friends uh, after the fact. Uh, one of the gentlemen who's been on Food Network a number of times named Jay Ducote, he's got a food, uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on in Baton Rouge where his hometown is. We've become very close friends. I traveled to Baton Rouge, do some things with him, some collab chef projects, which is good. And it's it's really about networking. It's about expanding your reach and uh, you never know who you meet, you know, you never know whose uh, hands you shake and uh, what kind of uh, influence that they have and kind of doors that they can open for you. So it's really been positive all the way around. If I never do any more TV again, uh, it, this has been, it's been an incredible time. I know I will do some more television coming up and I get calls all the time from these guys. So um, when I can, I do. Uh, and of course I've got a really business, a really busy business. So it, uh, I can only just fit so much in my schedule. Well, it was like coming in here today. You met one of the other hosts for another one of our stations yeah. here, and she, she knew she had seen you somewhere, yeah. but she didn't want to say anything. And then yeah. when I piped up and said, "Well, you know, Lene has been on Pitmasters and Chopped," and she, ah, you know, they do that a lot. They do. I get stopped in airports. I get stopped at grocery stores. Um, I yeah, people at restaurants. I mean, it just people sort of tap me on the shoulder and they, right. they tell me they're all rooting for me, and they I, they had a really great time. You know, I'll be honest with you from a personal standpoint. Yeah, I did come in second place for the, a number of these contests. Um, and I would beat myself up back and forth about it, about not necessarily right. winning. Um, but a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, a lot of these people don't care. They see, they've seen you on, you've influenced them, you've given them a little inspiration. So that is more more important to me than winning. Uh, and, um, <clears throat> and they come to my classes and they buy products and they want to hear what I have to say and they want to learn from me. So that to me is a win all the way around as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it is. You know, I... When I first first started uh, doing television years ago, uh, and I'm a ham. You have to be a ham to do this stuff. Absolutely. To, to, yeah. You know, you have to do that. So, yeah. But I got so that um, I got used to people staring at me. Uh, and no, it's not the obvious thing, you know. But, <laughs> but um, you know, you'd go to the grocery store and maybe they had just seen you on the show that morning. And these news people and stuff that are on there all the time, they they 
get a ton of this. And, and so I just found it interesting that that was something you kind of had to get used to because I didn't, when I go to the grocery store, I don't have my cowboy hat on or my big buckles or anything like that. Sure. I just golf shirt and jeans and slip on shoes or something, but they, you know, they kind of cock their head and they look at you and you're like, yeah, it's me. What do you want? <laughs> you know, isn't that funny? Uh, JT uh, people, I have my hair pulled back. I've got scrubby pants on and yep. a t-shirt and stuff and people will still recognize you. It's pretty crazy. And you know, just because, uh, and they, then the show, you know, especially with Food Network or Destination America, they continuously show repeats. And so you never know quite when people watch the show or when they don't. But it's fun to be recognized. It's fun. You know, people want to take a photo or whatever and chat with me. I've influenced them in some, in such a way yeah. and I've given them a little inspiration. And you know yeah. what? If it's 30 seconds out of my day to, to, to say hi to somebody and shake their hand and, and just and, and thank them, uh, then to me it's worth it 100% because I've made them smile. I've, I've made their day. So that's really good. Oh, and yeah. And I don't take any of it. Uh, I take it in stride. I, I'm not, I don't have a big ego. It's, it's to me, I'm just, I'm just there just doing what, trying to do my best. And I happen to have a bunch of, uh, cameras pointed in my direction. And, uh, and I actually love doing the television thing. I really love it. Yeah. A it's, it's a lot, a of, lot fun. of fun. You get it's a, a lot you get of a thrill fun. out of it. No, I mean, I still get an email from somebody once, <laughs> once in a while that'll say, was that you on TLC the other night? Well, I have no idea, <laughs> you know, because they, they run them. And I, like I said, I've never watched the, the shows, mm -hmm. you know, um, cause I, I'm kind of funny about that way. It's kind of like when I do radio, when it's, it's done, it's in the can. I, I move on to the next one. And, um, but I'll, I'll still get emails from people and I get emails from people like one here in Portland when I'm doing AM Northwest or one of those shows, uh, in Seattle or wherever they'll, they'll, they write me. It's usually with a question about something, about mm -hmm. something I did, you know, mm -hmm. a recipe or question like that, or sometimes they want to know if, you know, you'd like to get involved in some event or whatever. That's fine too. But I always try to answer every one of them. Oh yeah, be absolutely. Because hundred percent, uh, you know, they, they take the time out of their life and their day to communicate with you. I think we owe them to say thanks and uh, sure. How can I help you? Absolutely. Give them a hug or an, and a, a handshake yeah. or whatever and, and help them out. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't really have secrets in barbecue. I share everything. And uh, with my classes, I demonstrate some things. People get to see me uh, prepping meat and cooking meat, and then they get to eat it, and it's really fun. So, But if uh, that's not the scenario that I meet people at, then it's wonderful to uh, give them a little bit of help. And if I get emails and texts and calls all the time, people sort of having struggles with this and that. I'll never call myself an expert in barbecue, but I know a few things, and if it's been successful. So I'll take it as far as I can go with it. And uh, But it's a lot of fun. You know, I was thinking... Uh, JT, you and I need to probably collab together, maybe cook some things. We could do that. I think it'd be a lot of fun. You we could show me how to play golf because my golf game is terrible. Oh, we could do that too. But first thing we got to do is we got to take a break. We're going to be back. That would be Lene and I right here on Barbecue Nation right after these kind words from our sponsors. So don't go away.
Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. If you'd like to email us, it's bbqnation at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-P-D-X.com. Uh, also, you can check us out on SoundCloud, which is Barbecue Nation with JT on there. We also have the Facebook page and Twitter accounts and all that stuff. So we're not that hard to find. It's just Barbecue Nation at SalemPDX.com. We're with Lene Oxley Loop today. Um, you've been on this show, what, three or four times now? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. And every three time you've always got something you're doing, which I find really fascinating. You know, um, Tuffy Stone is going to be on later. Oh, and, uh, Tuffy is awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. He's great. And and that guy's always busy or not. Well, he has some restaurants and stuff too, but he's always busy. But he's, he's a great storyteller. He is. He's got a lot of story to, stories to tell. Uh, you know, yeah, he has restaurants. He's got, I'm sure he does lots of catering. He's got books. Yep. Um, he just won Memphis in May, yep. which is incredible. I mean, that that guy is a machine. He doesn't travel with a big entourage like a lot of teams do. He just has a few people on his team, basically he and his dad. Um, and that guy has pretty much won every big event that you can win. He's just incredible. And uh, he has a saying, and I like to uh, kind of steal it from him. He goes, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Because people always tell him how lucky he is. And he's like, you know what? The harder I work, the luckier I get. And so that's a cool mantra. And I keep that for myself too. So um, I... Uh, I'm pretty good health right now. I'm pretty happy. I'm, I'm, I'm mobile. Yeah. So, um, when I can, I do, and I'm not going to stop. I'm, I feel like I'm in my stride. Things are happening really yeah. well. Yeah. Things are happening great. And so I'm going to just keep going as far as I can go and, you know, try to make careful moves each time and meet some people and shake some hands and see what happens. So speaking of careful moves and stuff, uh, we've got a few minutes here before we have to go to break. Your um, barbecue sauces, which yes. you didn't, last time you were on my show, you, you didn't have them out yet. Right. Uh, this one is called Rodeo Candy. Um, you were talking, of course, there's no MSG or any of the bad stuff in there. You developed this over a long period of time. Yeah. So when you were doing your development, did you have different versions of it and have people try it? Yes. And, and, and then they said, this is really good, but this one's better than this one. Or how'd you, how'd you go through that process? Yes. Yeah, so yes, absolutely. So the two, two, two sauces I have, one is more of a mustard based kind of um, smoky, a tangy mustard, sweet mustard. The other one is the rodeo candy, which is more a sweet, a barbecue, like mm -hmm. a typical barbecue, a ketchup, you know, like a tomato base, uh, right. a base. Uh, yes, R&D for months and months and months and months and months. Uh, these are modeled after, after award-winning sauces that I've, um, that I've made. Uh, I used some of these sauces in competition barbecue, won some awards on it, and um, I wanted to get a good clean label product with no high fructose corn syrup, uh, no MSG, no artificial uh, preservatives. I wanted something that was true to form, something locally mixed and bottled so it was fresh, a small batch so when you're getting something in the bottle, uh, it is fresh. It's not been sitting right. in a shelf for, for months and months and months. And so I want, and also too, more importantly, from a chef point of view, it's all about having something and developing something that's going to work in unison with the rubs. I don't want something that's going to compete. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so that's kind of the impetus behind developing these barbecue sauces. And uh, so I wanted to come up with something. So it took a little while. It took some trial and error, giving it to some people, having them test it. 
on all different kinds of cooking medium in the in the oven on their pressure cooker crock pot sure things like that on sure. the barbecue on the grill sure or just dipping their french fries in it and i wanted something that could hit the mark every single time in every aspect and it did as far as i'm concerned and and the people that i gave it to and these weren't just like friends or whatever just basically strangers that i would say here try this out take it home let me know what you think it's interesting because you're one of the first people that have actually said to compliment not just your rubs but pretty much any rub that even if you use salt and pepper you know that they would compliment it i no criticism of other people that i've interviewed over the years but very few of them actually bring up that point um it's more like yeah this is really good and and, and they are they're they're fine sauces you know yeah well coming up with a family of products and i've got a couple more sauces on the on the horizon sure. here and a couple more rubs on the horizon the most important aspect of this is that they're all independent. They all can stand alone. But if you mix them together, they'll work. And they won't compete with one another. Uh, they won't mask the flavor of the food that you're putting it on. That's why these sauces and rubs took a long time to develop. That's why they took a long time to bring to market. Um, I'm a chef. That's that's my trade. I've been cooking my whole life. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much all I've done. Uh, I've tried to get out of the business. I keep getting pulled back in. But... Uh, so I wanted to, if I'm going to put my name on these sauces and this product line, it better meet all the standards that I yeah. set out. I can't just take somebody else's stuff, put my name on it and, and call it. Right. Uh, nor can I just put a bunch of stuff in a jar, call it barbecue sauce or whatever, and then say, here you go, buy it. And I, I'm not going to do that. So um, this has been carefully thought out. And as a result, they do complement one another. And it's a tough business. I mean, I was in the spice business for a while and I know people have probably think I'm a broken record about talking about it but but this was that was 14 years ago they're a little more welcomed now but 14 years ago it was if you went to a big box store you had to give them so many free cases you had to do all this program it took three months for them to do the skew which was a lot of nonsense in fact my nephew worked for one of the big box stores and he says you know two months to do the skew he goes they can do it in 15 minutes and so I went through all this and I got uh, frustrated because I was doing so much with other things in my life. I was traveling a lot. We were doing a lot of TV at the time and all that. And so I just backed completely out of it. I just, it just kind of went away. I still have the recipes locked up somewhere, but um, there's so many good products out there now like yours that I don't feel the urge I need to compete. And shelf space is still at a premium for people. Shelf space is uh, at a premium. I'm pretty lucky. Uh, New Seasons just picked up the line, which is really great. I'm very, very thankful and uh, for me, uh, fortunate to have those guys uh, give me some great shelf space. Sure. I used to work for the company for 15 and a half years. But, but I, you know, by and large, they, they, they did it. They took a chance on me, and it's right. selling really, really well. And it's, uh, it's gaining traction uh, quite a bit. I sell all over the place. I sell through my website. And um, I, I'm going to start to go national with the products themselves. You know, this isn't my main source of income. If it was, I'd be I'd be broke as a joke. This is a very expensive thing to do. <laughs> I don't need to tell you anybody that's done it, whether it's salsas or chocolate dipping sauce yeah. or whatever. It's a specialty product. There are a million barbecue sauces out there. There are a million seasoning rubs out there. Right. The whole point of this was to try to get a little bit of me out there, a little bit of my brand. The people that don't want to book me for catering, because that's the main business. That's my sure, main business. Sure. Uh, but still want to have a flavor of what I'm doing. And this is perfect. This fits the bill. We're going to take another break. And Lene and I will be back after these words from our sponsors. So think about what you're going to cook this afternoon or this evening, but don't touch the dial. 
If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Hey, welcome back to the nation. I'm JT along with my uh, secondary sergeants there, Dave and Chris. They're never in the studio, though. They're, you know, they're always lurking. They're, they're good lurkers about. And I've got Lene Oxley-Loop with us today. Lene's been a friend of the show for several years now. Um, real quick, what have you learned since doing CHOP, since doing Pitmasters, since doing your catering? Tell us a couple of things that you have learned about doing your own barbecue and how you've changed and how you implemented it. That's a good question. I think first and foremost, right off the bat, what comes to the top of my mind is preparation. I think a lot of times the reason I've done really well on these shows and the the difference between winning a, an episode or one of these shows uh, and and coming in second uh, is minuscule. It's mm-hmm. just like it's just hair mistakes, hair thin mistakes that you make. Right. Uh, it's just about luck of the draw kind of thing. Everybody is on the top of their game. So everyone is prepared. So the first and foremost is being pre- prepared. The second the second aspect of the whole process is not overthinking what you're doing because I think that's easy to do. I could go this direction. I could go that direction. I can manipulate this and this and this. I think if you cook from the heart, you cook and you keep it simple. You don't lose anybody in the process. And first and foremost, you don't lose your identity of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to get out of it. Um, so that would be next on the list. I think uh, outside of that, I think it's really about um, it's about bringing your A game. It's about bringing everything that you can to the forefront, and it's about coming in focused mm-hmm. and knowing exactly what you're going to do. A lot of these television shows, and a lot of times what you see is what happens. On Chopped, it's 20 minutes. It's not 21 minutes. It's not 19 minutes. It's 20 minutes. You cut your arm off, it's still 20 minutes. Um Barbecue pitmaster at the same time, five hours, six hours, whatever happens to be. Uh, of the two, I think Chopped was a lot more fun because it allowed me to showcase the breadth of skill that I possess, not just in barbecue, but in the, on the stove, in the oven. Right. You know, different kinds of methodologies, different kinds of preparation, desserts, appetizers, things like that, under a very specific time frame in uh, with a specific uh, breadth of product in a, in a pantry. So you've, and you've got, you don't have a lot of time to prep. You just need to know what you're going to, what you're going to do. So at each stage of the game, you're like, okay, if I get into the, uh, okay, the appetizer, this is what I'm going to try to do. If I make it to the entree around, this is where I'm going to gun for. And whatever's in that basket, I'm going to try to, to try to manipulate into a salad or a taco or a pizza or a sandwich or something. Again, part of that preparation. And then if I make it to the dessert, all right, I'm going to do donuts or fritters. I'm going to do a cake. I'm going to do cookies. I'm going to do ice cream. Again, part of that preparation. So studying up and figuring out how you're going to do that within the confines of the game itself and what you're allowed to do in the time frame you have to do it in. in. But um, so absolutely. I mean, going in, uh, it, those are some aspects that are super, super important to think about. And then just have fun with it. I mean – somebody's got to go home early and someone's going to win it. And then there's the in-between as the people that, that get voted off or they lose, you know, first, second, third, whatever it is, you got to have fun with it. And, um, 
with especially with episodes at uh, with Pitmasters, you know, it's a long day. It's a long couple of days. Filming is really really tough. It's a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it it's, is. It's not easy. People look at make it easy, but it's it's not. Uh, you're constantly have having cameras around you, microphones around you, uh, producers yelling and screaming at you. Go here, go there, and then there's the game in the middle of it, which is why you're there. Right. And uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, you've got you've got a lot of. Um, a, a p- people just uh, wanting a part of you, pulling you to pieces, and but you want to win the game, and that's what's really, really important. You're there to win the darn thing, right? And so, uh, at the end of it, you have spent everything that you can, emotionally, physically, and uh, there was a couple of times when I just bawled my eyes out because I could not. I mean, at, at, by the time it, the bell rang and everything was turned in. It was anything, it's all over but the crying. And sometimes I just, yeah, they caught me at a really kind of emotional time. But um, it just goes to show you how much pressure you put on yourself. Uh, but if you come in with uh, preparedness, you come in with some focus and keeping it a little bit on the simple side, they're going to be successful no matter what you're doing. I know there's a producer at Jane Street Productions in New York that probably doesn't think too highly of me. Uh, <laughs> I. She asked me to say what was on my mind. Sure. So I did. Yeah. Um. Anyway, next story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The producer. I've been really lucky. The producers that I've had to work with, and the and the camera people, and and the judges are all sweet people. They're all great. At the end of the day, listen. You, yeah. you know, you turn in what you're going to turn in, and you stand behind it, and it, the cards will fall where they where they where they, yeah. have, where they have. It's yeah. just out of your control. There's nothing you could do. You can't deliberate. Your you can't argue your point. No. Uh, I will tell you this. As far as I'm concerned, nothing is scripted. Nothing is pre-written. Nothing is determined ahead of time. You give them crap food, they're going to send you home early. You give them really good food, you'll sail through. So. Uh, that's just kind of how it is. And I, again, it, I love going on these shows. I get calls periodically from new shows. When I can fit into my schedule, I do. And uh, and, and it's it's great. It gets my brand out there. It gets name, the name out there yeah. in a national way. I couldn't pay for the advertising that no, I get off of it. No, so from no. a business standpoint, it's awesome. And I get a chance to cook. Uh, and that's always fun. Cooking is good. Mm-hmm. Cooking is good. Um, you said you taught a class. Yes. You had a Father's Day class. I did. Which was, we're recording the show the day after Father's Day. Thank you, Mercedes, for calling me from New York, by the way, on your way home from work last night. So um, when you get a, I just call them civilians. When you get a group yeah. of civilians and sure. they come in and you're you're teaching them, you're going to give them some basic instruction. But, you know, their skills may range from zero to nine and a half. Sure. Really like sure. that. So how we got about three, four minutes here sure. before we go to break. What, you know, your skill level does not equate to theirs. They're there to learn from you. So how do you how do you talk to the guy that's at a one and how do you talk to the guy that's at a nine at the same time? So first and foremost, uh, my classes are, and I affectionately call them, uh, basically backyard pit master classes. Uh-huh. Uh, I, this is not; these are not competition classes. If people want to ask me competition qu- questions, I will gladly answer that. I'll show them some things. But I really want that. The, the whole point of why I like to teach barbecue is I want to get the people that are using their pellet cookers and they they're drying out their ribs and they want a, a better rib recipe they want to know why they're doing it or they've never done brisket before and they want to approach brisket they've seen it on tv they've seen it in restaurants it's a huge chunk of meat again and again i want to i want to break some myths i want to showcase some very simple steps of how to select meat prep meat season the meat cook the meat where whether you're on a pellet cooker or whether a big fancy cooker smoker whether you're on an electric 
a, a grill or something, something, mm -hmm. you know, a gas grill, any of that, I want to show you how I do it. And I want to break it down in its basic elements to get you better at your barbecue. Whether you have done the circuit, whether you're just this pro or whether you're just starting out, especially other women, I want to inspire other women to get up on the grill. Uh, and, uh, and I get a breadth of different kinds of uh, people at my classes. Uh, yesterday's Father's Day class was amazing. We did some amazing food. I did a prime rib. I did, uh, I did a, a pork rack, bone-in um, pork loin roast. And, of course, I do brisket and pork butt. And I do ribs and I do some chicken. I do all kinds of different things. And um, showcase and, and tell people, listen, it's not really that difficult. Don't overthink it. This is what you need to do. And then do it and have fun with it. At the end of the day, you got to have fun with it. And uh, most 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 times you can eat what you mess up on the grill. So. Sure. <laughs> so it's great. So, you know, I talk to everybody the same way and I allow a lot of question and answer. So if somebody does have a little bit more of a technical question, uh, I will give them my point of view on it. I'll give them my experience with it. And um, but I love a different skill levels. I mean, it's wonderful to get that kind of. Um, attention in the class right. and that kind of attendance right. in the class. Right. It, it's wonderful. I get all kinds of people and I get people traveling across the state. I get people traveling, flying in for my, my, uh, my classes. I'm just, it's, I'm blown away by people that would spend money on an airline ticket in a hotel room to come out to, to see me talk about stuff for the day and talk about barbecue. I think I'm very honored, very flattered. Well, you should be. And, but you're, it's well-deserved from all the time you put in. Like you said, the, and Tuffy says, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Um, I, you know, it's interesting when you talk about airplane tickets and hotel rooms, I did a tour one time and I had to get up at three o'clock in the morning, every morning to be on the seven o'clock morning shows to cook a prime rib in the hotel room and hopefully not blow the circuits out with my roasting pan, you know? Uh, but you, it was funny to watch. This is way off subject, but you'd see I people. I bet the hotel smelled amazing. And they did. They'd come out in the morning and <laughs> You're like, what is, is who's cooking? Yeah, you know, and I'd walk by the front desk and I'd be carrying this pan and like a drip pan with it. Like, like, let me get the door for you. you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Can you bring back samples like that? It was all good. Awesome. I think it's I think it's great that we have people from all levels. You know, I'm talking. Uh, well, I guess we got to take a break and we'll talk about this when we come back. Before we go to break, um, Leanne will be back in a few minutes. I was wondering if you were curious about how much wine is consumed where you live every year. New color-coded map from VinePair, that's V-I-N-E-P-A-I-R, shows which states drink the most wine per capita and by volume. Uh, and it's all based on data from the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. Surprisingly, those living in Idaho drink the most wine per capita, which is 1.2 gallons. They beat out the America winemaking mecca of California. West Virginians drink the least amount of wine per capita with a tenth of a gallon each on average. But they do drink about a gallon of beer and two gallons of spirits every year. I guess there's nothing else to do in West Virginia. Anyway, the wine map shows the highly populated state of California, which is responsible for 86% of our total volume of output, doesn't drink, it, well, they do indeed drink the most wine by volume at 155.6 million gallons. We're going to take a break here on The Nation. We'll be back with Lene Oxley right after this.
everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Lene Oxy. Let me slow down a little bit and say that. Lene Oxley Loop. How's that? Um, Lene's been, this is your fourth time on the show, I think. Fourth time, yeah. I love coming out on yeah. being on your show. You're yeah. always a lot of fun. I'm, I'm kind of a fun guy. I've been told that before. You're never grumpy with me. I'm never I don't grumpy. I about your other guests. No, I don't get grumpy nice with them. It's off the air that you got to worry about. It's off the air you got to worry about. Um, <laughs> you have a bucket list for your career? You know, yeah, I do. The bu- yes, I do. Uh, it changes all the time. It gets emptied. It gets filled up. I have, yeah. I have a task list, a bucket list. Absolutely. Um, going national with my product line, expanding the product line is first and foremost. Sure. Uh, being able to expand my uh, reach for a catering is second. Um, a brick and mortar is not too far out of the realm of possibility. Uh, even though I kick and scream and say no, no, no. Um, I think it's just sort of a foregone conclusion that I'll probably end up doing something like that. Um, and uh, I always tell people I'm too old to be <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, and I did the brick and mortar thing for a long, long, long time. I know it's a lot of work, but a lot of people are recognizing my brand and the quality that it represents. And it's only a matter of time before I get a brick and mortar. Uh, I'm not hinting on anything. It's just nothing's happening right now, but I'm not going to say no. Uh, if the if the if it's right, um, that's first and foremost on my bucket list. And then, of course, traveling and getting and experiencing, um, getting mm-hmm. influenced by other people, meeting people. I love to just shake hands and I love to meet people in the industry and learn. Uh, I want to do some association stuff. I want to go uh, and take some classes to see what other people are doing in their barbecue classes. And uh, because I'm always. I'm always trying to to get better. I'm always trying to streamline the process. I'm always trying to um, learn as much as I can and um, so that I can be better and more beneficial for my students Yeah. Uh, and uh, and give them a better, uh, well-rounded knowledge base. What do you do in your off time besides sleep, if you get any off time? You know, people ask me what I like to do for fun. I like to travel and I like to eat, uh, and I do. I try to do that um, at least once a year. Uh, I like to just go and travel. Uh, this past year, uh, this past spring, I was in the UK, a uh, little bit of Scotland, mostly England. Yep. And uh, next year, I want to go out and see more of Scotland and go into Ireland. I ate like crazy. First thing I did in Scotland was I got a plate of haggis, the real deal. And it was awesome. Um, I get a lot of influence and a lot of inspiration from traveling and eating. And uh, and it doesn't necessarily translate to barbecue. I'm just talking no. about influence just in culinary. Uh, and um, so in my off time, honestly, yeah, I, 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 I like to travel. I like to eat. I get together with some friends. Usually it's around food, that sort of thing. Uh, I like to do a little bit of exercise when I can. And uh, the rest of it is just is work. I'm really entrenched doing what I do. I love what I do. People say if you love what you do, it's never work, right? And uh, it's, a, it's definitely work, but I love it. And uh, I never want to not get up and start the process all over again and continue uh, where I picked up last, and I love it. So, um, so yeah, work, a little bit of eating, some traveling, and learning. I got the eating part down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a pro. I mean, I'm a pro eater. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> we pro cooks, pro eats. That's exactly. why I yeah, like exactly. it. You know, that's how I got into cooking. I got into cooking. People ask me how I got into cooking in general, not necessarily barbecue. 
when I was young, when I was really little, I my 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 mom and my dad were great cooks, mm-hmm. awesome cooks. Experimented a lot, yeah. Cooked a lot of different things. Some of it was good. Most of it was mediocre stuff, but, but some of it was really good. And I loved eating. And I was like, you know, what do I want to do with my life? You know, what do I what kind of, where do I want to go? Architecture, art, graphic design. And I said, you know what? I really love to eat. I want to learn how to cook. And that's what happened. And I've never been without a job ever since. Well, there you go. Yeah, I did some. I grew up around country cooks. My mom, a couple of her sisters were excellent cooks. My grandmothers had a couple aunts that were a little on the short side as far as talent, uh, but they were good hearted um, and they didn't take it too harsh to heart when my dad would say something about the food that they brought. But that's a different story. Um, But that's kind of what got me interested. And then. Of course, anybody that knows much about me knows about my relationship with Graham Kerr, the Galloping Gourmet, and that really inspired me to go forward and do stuff. And uh, yeah, it just that's just the way it happened. And I kept kind of like, like you were saying, you know, you you got away, but you got dragged back. I always think of the Godfather, you know, and uh, the last one when they said, "Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in," and that was kind of <laughs> like the food business for me. So I've, I've tried to get out of the food business. I'll tell you what, I, it 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 does. It just gravitates you, it pulls you right back. the The food industry is a, is a hard industry to make a living on, and it is very tough. Um, there's a there's a whole thing that's going on with chefs and the pressure that they're under, and cooks in general, the pressure that they're under. Uh, for that spotlight and the quality that they produce and the hours that they put in, it's incredible. And there's a lot of fizzle out and there's a lot of uh, people just quitting and they leave the industry and stuff. And uh, those that stay stay the course, um, I think they reap the benefits of it. It's, it's, a, it's a burnout job. It's a burnout industry, but it's pretty awesome. And um, it's taken me a lot of places. It's opened a lot of doors, especially in barbecue. Barbecue has just taken my life in a, sure. in a whole different sure. trajectory. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was saying, going back to learning, uh, you know a lot about cast iron cooking and a lot mm-hmm. about open fire. And that's something I've never really done. And I chuck wagon type stuff. I would love to learn how to do chuck wagon type cooking, open air cooking like that. Learned that. Um, my dad was quite the horseman. I, obviously, I grew up on a horse ranch and uh, we would pack. Mm-hmm. Um, we would pack. I grew up out by Estacada and we would pack up to Bagsby Hot Springs for a weekend or a week or whatever. And, you know, I was tiny. I'd ride my pony and all that stuff. Um, But that's how we cooked up there. Um, We're going to get out of here in a couple of minutes, but I wanted to share something with you. On June 6th, the United States senators introduced a bipartisan bill that would direct the Agriculture Department to help farmers, ranchers, and landowners use carbon dioxide absorbing practices to generate carbon credits. It's a rare collaboration between the two donkeys and elephants uh, on climate change. The proposed Growing Climate Solutions Act directs the USDA to create a program that would indeed help the agricultural sector gain access to revenue from greenhouse gas offset credit markets. I'm sure you know all about that. The bill is co-sponsored by Republican Senators Mike Braun of Indiana and Lindsey Graham of South Carolina and Democratic Senators Sheldon Whitehorse of Rhode Island and Debbie Stebenow from Michigan. The bill would establish USDA certified protocols for farmers, ranch and forest owners seeking to develop projects that can generate and offset uh, that can generate and get offset credits under the existing programs. It would offer a new revenue stream for farmers, ranchers, and landowners suffering from the economic impact of global trade tensions 
and COVID-19. Landowners and farmers can generate credits and earn money for activities ranging from reforestation to sequestering carbon in the soil and capturing methane from livestock. I wonder how they're going to do that. Uh, We want to thank Lene for being with us today, and we'll be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.